0: Praise the Lord, and pass the ammunition. It's time for the Gun Guy TV podcast.
1: Hi, this is Joel Persinger. I'm the Gun Guy. Thank you very much for all of your support on Gun Guy TV. For all of your support, everywhere you support me, I really do appreciate it. I've got a great podcast for you this time around. I'm actually doing my podcast from my bedroom in my house. The reason for that is obviously with the coronavirus, we're all locked at home, and i got a bunch of people in my house because we have... Uh, kids and my wife and I and they're all playing Monopoly on a video game in the living room and it's making too much noise in my recording studio and I I couldn't blank it it out so I'm actually uh, in the master bedroom (laughs) doing my podcast from here hey you know what whatever works right all right so this podcast is back to being the two-part podcast again where the first part will be available for you on your favorite podcast player and then we also post it generally on the video distribution sites like YouTube, BitShoot, GunStreamer, the Utah Gun Exchange, Facebook, Vimeo, and so on. So you'll find it in all of those places in video form with just the, uh, the thumbnail or whatever. But we, we do that just to make it easier because a lot of folks do want to listen not only on the on iHeartRadio, for example, or Stitcher or whatever, but they also want to listen or use the, uh, the video platform to do that. What I would appreciate from you, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind supporting the podcast, is if you would please support us by shopping Amazon using our Amazon link. Right now, money's tight for everybody, but there are a lot of folks buying things online, and the primary reason they're doing that is because they don't want to have to go to the store during this uh, coronavirus thing. So if that's the case and that's you and you're buying things from Amazon, if you could do it through our Amazon link, it won't cost you anything, but it does help us quite a bit. So if you would do that, that would be great. You'll find our website at gunguy.tv or gunguy.tv.com, gunguy.tv.net. You can go to the top of the website. There's a banner up, banner ad up there for Amazon. If you click on that, it will take you directly to our Amazon link where you can, uh, you can use that link to support us. And anytime you use that link to go to Amazon, you can bookmark it after that. Anytime you do that and then shop at Amazon, if you go to that link in your bookmarks, and do your shopping there. It costs you absolutely nothing, but Amazon pays us a little marketing fee, and that helps us a ton. All right, now, first part of the podcast is going to be an interview that we did at SHOT Show with Richard Sprague from Sprague Sports. Now, he's going to talk a little bit about what's going on at Sprague Sports in Yuma, which is a fabulous store, but he also talks about what's happening in the state of Arizona with regard to the Second Amendment. So, it's a very good interview, and then after that, On Patreon only, I'll be talking about the lessons learned as a result of this pandemic on how to be better prepared for this stuff. The next time, not only with our firearms, but also other pieces of equipment that might be very useful. I'll talk about that in the second part of the podcast, which is on Patreon only. All right, so let's get started with the interview with Richard Sprague from Sprague Sports. We're at SHOT Show with my son, Nick, and Pete Elmore, who's over manning the camera, who's not on the camera, but he probably will chime in. Are you there, Pete? Yes, I am. Yes, Pete is the mystery voice in the background, and uh, we've got... Richard Sprague here from Sprague Sports, which is an outstanding store out in Yuma, Arizona, which I very much love. And the nice part about Richard is not only does he have a great store, he's been there forever, but he's kind enough to let me have people send firearms there for us to review. So thank you very much. I really do
2: appreciate that. It's very generous of you to do that. You're very welcome. What's going on with Sprague's? New year. Just uh, here to get a get a sentiment on the direction of the industry and uh, always Love the energy that's here. When you walk into the, you know, as soon as you enter the, the doors, you can just feel the excitement and the energy. And uh, this is my 41st shot show in a row. Wow. Came here when you were two, did you? I've been at the first one uh, in St. Louis and haven't missed any of them. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So look forward to it every year. My I feet can't this, say this that. This is my 12th, and I thought I'd been here a lot of times. Yeah. So 45th. 41st. This oh, is 40, 41st. Oh, 41st. Yeah. Well, yeah. it
1: just proves I'm deaf in my old age. So that's okay. That's okay.
2: So what do you have a focus on the stuff you're looking for while you're here? Well, you know, we're always looking for new products. We're always looking to expand and extend relationships and uh, just learn. It's, this is all about learning. We don't do any real buying here. I might jump on an opportunity, but it's, uh, there's not enough time to really buy stuff here to make good decisions. So we save that and reserve that for later, but we're here to learn and to um, give some, some voice to things that we think could be improved and uh, just see the new products and get them in your hands because it makes all the difference in the world to have them in your hands. So it, it, you come out here mainly as an educational opportunity for you and an opportunity to speak back to the industry, is that what you're talking absolutely, about? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, uh, and, and getting to learn who's in charge of things, it changes year to year. You know Who's running which manufacturer, whatever uh, distributor you're dealing with or factory. And so, you know, there's there's always movement at the top, uh, some of it. So it, it pays to know who to talk to about co-op, about advertising, about, you know, warranty issues and service and stuff like that. So this is the opportunity to talk to those folks directly, to have a special moment with them, you know, face to face, makes a lot of difference I think. You know as you know I'm in California. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, every time I see
1: you at the store, you ask me, when am I ever going to move out of that rotten state and come to a real state or something along those lines and we laugh about it. What's happening in Arizona right now? That, that is there anything going on in Arizona, second amendment wise or legal wise, that affects your store or affects the, the firearms business? Out
2: there? We're we're not. I don't know of any imminent challenges right now. The main concern I think for a lot of us is the fact that our state is growing and a lot of people are moving from states that aren't so second amendment friendly, and we're just hoping that they are all second amendment folks and don't bring you know anti second amendment. You know, feelings to our state as it grows. We're just top seven million uh, recently, and so you know, that's double what it was you know 10, 15 years ago. I would say, and um, that's our main concern. You know, going from say red to purple, you know, as a as a voting block uh, concerns us. But I don't know of any imminent Second Amendment challenges right now in particular. We have a great governor and Governor Ducey, and uh, he's you know. He's a strong proponent of the Second Amendment and a strong uh, pro-business governor. And so we're proud of him and what he's doing and all his efforts. Are you seeing any counties or cities that are seeming to, t- to move in that purple
1: direction? Or is it pretty much across the board in Arizona? I don't know of anything,
2: on? any real strong changes. I know, you know, there's certain um, some some parts of the state have a little bit of liberalism going on uh, around the, some of the universities, some, some of those towns. But... Uh, I, I don't see them uh, growing. It's actually sp- kind of normal around universities, yeah. universities anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not so is. sure that that's an, that's an existential threat to get no, to but, the state. But, but it- you know, those of us that live and many of us that grew up in, that, in, in the great state of Arizona, we, uh, we don't necessarily, you know, think they should think that way. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I did grow up in the great state of Arizona,
1: and I don't think... You know, it's, it's an interesting thing that happens to states sometimes, too, is I, I can tell you, having grown up in the San Diego area, that we used to have radio and television ads that ran in San Diego that would say, thank you for visiting San Diego, now please go home. Because it was a, a pretty tight-knit, pretty conservative, pro-military, uh, pro-rights community, and the state was a totally different place. And we would actively encourage people to go home rather than move there. In fact, it used to be, when I was growing up, such a big deal if you were a San Diego native that you'd have a bumper sticker that says San Diego native, or you'd have whatever, because that was a that was something to be proud Stata of. status symbol. Rather than a transplant. A, sad, a, level, a level of respect. It, the sad part is none of that helped. Look where we're at. Yeah. So I think it is important um, in states like Arizona, which is such an incredible state,
2: to be vigilant, not take for granted that I agree that it can't happen I to I completely agree don't take anything for granted ever anywhere always keep your guard up and always be willing to earn it every day now that's, let's that's talk, the way I run my business too. I, I know you do
1: let's talk Yuma one that's, of my favorite places it's become you have some great stuff out in Yuma first of all you got a great range at Sprague's and then you've got a gun store which every time I walk in it reminds me kind of like of a little mini bass pro shop so I love the store and then you have a range out in Yuma
2: that you're, I think your dad was part of. My dad wood. helped start it in the late 1960s, A Dare Ranges, with a couple of county uh, board of supervisor guys, and they got together and uh, acquired 600 acres of property from a uh, combination of Bureau Land Management and Bureau Reclamation, and got the county to uh, manage it in the early years, and uh, got a lot of donated time and labor and um, machines and built cut berms and put in improvements and um, made a real nice facility out there. It, you have a
1: talent for understatement. I shoot at that range a lot. and The idea of a real nice facility is a bit of an understatement. I absolutely adore that range. Thanks. That range is awesome. It really is. And it, it's it's, uh, the it's county, big boy rules. You the, better, better know what you're doing when you go out there. Ain't nobody watching you.
2: County ran it for, oh, the first couple of decades. And then they had to cut some budget. Um, they had funding issues. And so, the clubs that were operating out there formed a nonprofit and uh, took it over from the county. And I believe there were five um, that were active in the various ranges out there from Archery to Long Range to Silhouette to um, Ipsic, it's whole Trap and Skeet. And they formed uh, the Adair Ranges Incorporated. And they've been running it ever since. Fabulous range. I love it. You're listening to the Gungai TV podcast. Please pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. What kind of hunting have you got up to Well, we have, uh, you know, we're, we're known as one of the premier places to hunt dove every year. And a dove opener September 1st is huge for us. And, uh, of course, uh, quail in the outer desert areas. And... Uh, you know, we've got some uh, some waterfowl as well, and, of course, Cebola is not too far away. It's, a, you know, just under an hour drive. And we've got, you know, big game. Um, the desert supports uh, mule deer and coos deer. Not necessarily do we have coos deer in the Yuma area, but it's a, you know. Yeah, you for, got some muleys out there, not Three don't or you? four hour drive. We've got some pretty dang good muleys. We've got, actually, in our store a world record that was killed, um, Sonoran strain, Rocky Mountain mule deer. Uh, oh. The Safari Club International recognizes the Sonoran strain as a, as a different subspecies. We have a 296 inch oh my world record that was uh. killed about 40 miles from uh, from our store out in the Kofa National Wildlife Refuge. Chad Roberts is the hunter. He'd been pursuing this deer for four, four or five years. Good customer of mine. I went to school with his dad. He grew up in Yuma. and He's um, got 12 points on each side and only four wow. inches of uh, variation from one side to the next. Wow. Amazing buck. Wow.
3: Now, you mentioned, uh, Richard, long range, and that's become – long range precision has become uh, far more popular in the last five years or so and continues to gain every day. I mean, you see it on the SHOT Show floor, the number of uh, everything from new cartridges to new rifles to new everything. <laughs> um, in Southern California, we are not blessed – with uh, very much that goes over three or four hundred yards, and I don't think people realize how close a drive you are for most of us. I mean, Joel, how long does it take you to get out to Yuma?
1: Well, I'm a I'm an old guy, so I drive slow. But I'd say I don't know what about two hours, something like that it, from San it, Diego. Richard, what's oh, it, two, what's the
3: longest uh, What's the longest distance that you guys have out there?
2: We have a thousand yard range.
3: So that's something. That's something that's just not found in California.
2: And we have a silhouette range that's right next to it that uh, out, goes out to 500 meters where they shoot metallic silhouette. Wow. So you've got a 500 meter range and then a 1,000 yard range as well. And I've used both of them They're outstanding. I didn't hit these. Well, I did. I hit the berm
1: at the side of the hillside. <laughs> no, I want you to know. I was out there with a buddy on the 500 yard range with my M1 Garand and we were ringing the steel at nice. 500 yards, which is very, very cool. I haven't done it. I, I, I haven't... Size. That you know, it was yeah. John. That was John. Yeah, yeah. You know, a buddy of mine's, uh, you know, former Marine Recon sniper. That guy can hit anything at any distance, and he's amazing. So, but he was out there clanging at it, and then I was clanging at it, not nearly as often as he right. was. But it, it was a, it was an awful lot of fun.
2: Now we take that place for granted, but it is a nice facility. I know people that have actually decided to move to Yuma because of that range, because that's the, what they wanted to do, in, you know, in their spare time. And I've got guys that work for me that are out there five days a week. Shooting yeah, on and that I, range. The truth is I love that range, and I would drive
1: five hours to get there because I'm from California where you can't – there is no there is no facility like that. There is no facility like that, so that's a great range. Okay, so – but at the same time, I've been out there when it's 100 and some odd degrees, and I don't necessarily want to stand out there when it's 108 degrees <laughs> no. on the Adair range. <laughs> Look, Nick. No. <laughs> no. We <laughs> like, did one time. I know we did. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. And I want to go shoot my handgun
2: – Rifle or whatever. There's another range out there. Yes, and so it's air conditioned and everything. So in 2005, we built a new building, moved it seventy, uh, built it 75 yards behind our other store, which is still up and is now a really great Mexican restaurant called La Casa Deli. And I have
1: eaten there by the way. He's not lying. It's a great Mexican. Yeah, restaurant. we love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. and
2: awesome. um, and they make their own tortillas about every day. Anyway, um, we built this uh, our new store in 2005 and added an indoor range, it's 10 lanes, it's uh, rifle rated traps, uh, got a nice classroom that adjoins it, and uh, we've got a, also in that building, we've got a 50 yard underground that is not open to the public, um, but we shoot and sight in rifles there every day, and uh, in, in the month of October we'll, we'll side in, shoot in a, probably close to somewhere around 100 rifles, just getting ready, people ready for the hunt. That's incredible. Wow. And then when we sell scopes, we install them, we bore side them, everybody does that mostly, but then we also shoot them in for our customers as an added value. And that gives us that capability. That's awesome. Well, I pick up, I buy
1: a, I drop off my rifle, I buy an optic, and I say, I'd like to purchase this, and you guys take that and dial that
2: in for yep. me. Yep. So when I'm out in the field, I know I'm on. Absolutely. And we, we get involved if it's a custom dial scope and you can get a particular dial elevation uh, adjustment for it. You know we we help our customers through that process as well now do you
1: have a do you have a lot of law enforcement
2: customers out there we do you know when my when i bought the store from my dad 35 years ago he went and was involved with the local sheriff's office yuma county and he's spent 22 years uh, working with those guys so we have strong um, law enforcement uh, connections my son chad uh, was a local yuma police officer uh, and on the SWAT team for four years before I lured him back into the family business as my <laughs> exit strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we stay connected to those guys. I've got guys that teach for me and work for me that are law enforcement affiliated currently. I see a lot of them in the store. That's the reason why mm-hmm. I asked the mm-hmm. question. How many
1: square feet is your store?
2: Our, our building is 18,100, and that includes the range. Mm-hmm. And then we have a 5,000 square foot warehouse behind the store. Um, and the showroom, we count 7,300 square feet of showroom, approximately. So when I walk in the store, a lot of folks have not been in that store. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, look, if you're going through Yuma and you are a, if you're not a gun person, why are you listening to my podcast, first of all? If you're going into Yuma and you don't stop at Spriggs, you've missed out. I'm going to just tell you that right now. There's a few restaurants I can tell you about. If you don't stop at H, you've missed out as well. But <laughs> one of them is right in front of Spriggs, but there's some others as well. But if you don't stop at Spriggs, you've missed out. When you walk in the door, it's it's extraordinarily cool. So, but I, you, it, but it's your store. So, I want you to describe to me what it's like to
2: walk through that store. Well, you know, I I'm giving you the bragging rights, babe, because it's your store. So we're <laughs> we're strongly influenced by the our, our, our hunting customer. It's I think impacts and influences about fifty percent of our sales. So we have more big-game mounts per square foot in our store than any Cabela's or Bass Pro. Yeah. I've done the math. I know. <laughs> and uh, we take pride in the quality of the mounts we have in there. Uh, and that's in uh, the main part of the store. In our, our uh, uh, remodeled edition that we did in 2015, uh, we created the TAC room, our tactical lounge, so to speak, and there's no big-game mounts in there. That's a whole different feel and a whole different focus in that room. And, uh, you know, we just, there's so many things that we um, could have cut and trimmed, but we decided, you know, with our, from the moment you walk in, you notice our stained floors, which are gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, I just get a kick out of watching people from our offices, which are on the second level. Uh, when they stop, when they're there for the first time, a lot of them, if, if they are, are outdoor enthusiasts, and they stop and they just look all around the store, and they just kind of go, wow, this feels good to me. Now, of course, you're going to have some folks that are a little uncomfortable with that, maybe. But they're the minority as far as the crowd that comes in our store. Well, Nick and I are both hunters.
1: So every time I walk in the store, I've stood there. Well, you know, you've been busy or whatever and talked to one of the guys. Or they're, they're busy and I'm waiting for something. And I'll stand there and look at the racks <laughs> on, <laughs> mm-hmm. these, on these mounts. And I can spend 30 minutes doing it. I can spend... Uh, you know, it's it, there's, there's a few stores that I can walk in and wander around and be there for a while and be perfectly happy even though I didn't buy anything yet. Uh, the tool area of Home Depot is <laughs> there you one go. of those. Or, yeah. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Your store is also one of those. Thank and I, And I don't say that. No, just to clarify, Richard is not busting out his wallet and paying me any money for this interview. He's not paying me a dime. We're You know, I've, I've come to like him a lot and enjoy his store. And I gotta tell you, if I the one the, there's only one issue I have with your store. It's not within a block of my house.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was gonna say it's your driver address on your driver's license. That's that it. could be it. it's the address on the driver's license. <laughs> right. And
1: that's it. It's not within a block of my house. Shooting
0: straight and always right on target. This is the Gun Guy TV Podcast.
1: One of the other things I want to mention about your range. I'm, as you can imagine, I shoot a lot, and I'm on a lot of indoor ranges. That is, I, yeah, I think Nick would agree with me. That is the cleanest. Oh, absolutely. Most, uh, even even from the standpoint of air quality. If I'm shooting up, uh, maybe I'm shooting cheap ammo or something. I can see the the uh, the, you know, the unburnt powder coming out of the end of the barrel, and I don't smell that. I mean, that doesn't hit my face, hit my nose, anything. I don't know what your
0: we had that Air binary cordon. trigger that we were playing with, and I didn't smell the I didn't smell the powder at all.
2: We spend uh, that's really really important, and it's critical. All ranges should uh, you know have that as a goal. To, to if you smell smell it, you're you're taking it into your system. You don't want that, right? And yeah. so uh, we spend about you know we're in a small community, a small volume, really for a range operation because we're still in a small community. But we spend about seven thousand dollars a year on filtration. Uh, we wow. change filters every three weeks up on top. We, have, we run everything through a HEPA filter. Uh, we have some outside air exchange as well. It's about 40% outside air, and so um, super, super important. Yeah, to his, to his point, we were in there with that binary trigger,
1: and, I mean, that, the rounds fly fast mm-hmm. if you're in there with that thing. And there's no, there is no powder smell. There is no if. powder visible except for the brief instant after the round goes off if you're running cheap ammo. But, I mean, it's, it's the, it is among, I would say your range is among the cleanest, well-built ranges I think I've walked in in my life.
2: Thank I'm you. I'm very impressed That's by your range. That's very nice to hear you say that because it's always a concern of ours. And <clears throat> we, um, we have a schedule, of course, and everything pops up on your desktop and says time to change filters. But if ever we're busy, maybe we're at a shot show or we're on a hunt or something like that, if any of my guys ever smells any air from the range in the retail area that's immediate signal we're on that roof in like the next hour or two changing filters yeah
1: Yeah, because you're opening the door if you're smelling it through the door yeah i gotta tell you air balance is critical
2: (coughs) yeah i've been in the i mean i'm in the range shooting and i don't smell it so even in our underground shoot tube which is three foot culvert pipe 50 yards down that we use for side ends and stuff that is ducked and and ran through the hepa filters yeah yeah! Wow.
0: What's interesting is that you mentioned the HEPA filters uh, in the clean rooms at my at my job. It's got the same exact, um, it's got the same exact feel as your range. It's almost as if uh, um, like I'm walking into work. <laughs> so just uh, that's kind of what I noticed as well. Because you know, and and where I work, you can't have any sort of any sort of uh, FOD or any sort of uh, different air. It has to be incredibly clean. Uh, and it gives me that same vibe when I walk into the range, which is great.
2: I'm, I'm grateful to hear that and appreciative of your comments. I, I tell you, when we go to change those HEPA filters, they are uh, the the backside where the air is coming through. It is so incredibly dirty. And when you pull and see the backside of the HEPA filter, it looks like you could do surgery. It's so perfectly clean. It's amazing wow. the job they do. Yeah. Crazy. And on the dirty side, you're thinking to yourself, boy, am I glad that's not in my lungs. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah because absolutely. That, that's going to screw you and up. And you know
2: what's super important to me? Because I've got guys that shoot there every day. They start their day in our range every ah. day. So, and, you know, and I've got staff that work in and around that, including myself. And so, yeah, that's real important to us. Thanks yeah. for mentioning it. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're quite welcome.
1: Richard, thank you very
2: much for coming. Absolutely. It's been know my you, pleasure. I know you, you've got to get back upstairs again. I could a- talk about this industry and our and this business all day long. Well,
1: and I'd love to have you, but one of the things you said to me is you wanted to get back to what you were doing, so I don't don't want to burn up too much of your time. I don't want to keep you from that.
0: Well, before you go, what's what's one thing, what's some things to look forward to this year for products that might be coming into your store?
2: You know what? We barely covered uh, the the bottom floor. We have a lot to see yet. It's only been one day of four. But some things that stood out to me, uh, notably in the SIG booth, which is about the only booth I've been to on the main floor level. Their new cross rifle is pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah. And it's called, yeah, their new 277 Fury Round. And then on a handgun side, the SIG uh, P210 Carry, which is something that if you get your hands on it, you're going to feel like you're going to fall in love. Mm. Both of those guns are pretty amazing, and I expect they're going to sell really, really well. Okay. Well, I'm excited to look forward to that.
3: Hey, uh, Richard, since, uh, since the podcast goes everywhere and uh, there are going to be a lot of people that are not going to be able to drive out to your place, what's the website address? It's so
2: uh, thank that you they for can, asking.
3: They can, order, they can order something online from you.
2: It is uh, www, com. So it's just sprags, S P is in Paul, R A G U E S dot com.
3: And how long before you start getting some pythons in? I've I already got
2: I've already got some in, um, and but we need a lot more. We've got a waiting list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know the
1: funny part is we were talking to Colt about that yesterday. We're you know he and I, I, my dad, whether you know it or not, was a Columbia County Sheriff's Deputy. His entire career, he carried a Colt python. Oh wow. I I wanted <laughs> it, and well, at the time they were just, it wasn't a big right, deal, right? right? There was a normal guy, a lot of guys carrying them. Just it was a it, he just liked Colts, but it dismissed for some reason. Mm-hmm. I wanted it, and I was kind of sheepish about saying to him, "Hey, because, you know, I don't want to talk to my dad about when you pass away, can right, I inherit something? You don't want to you know, jinx can, the whole deal. Right, well, I don't, <laughs> him to, I don't want to talk to my dad about him passing away. Right. This was weird, you know. Right. So I, I didn't say anything to him. Finally, I got up the gumption to say it. and So we're on the phone, and I said to him, Dad, you know, I, I, I don't want this to be weird, but, you know, I would love to inherit the Python. Because I'm thinking, you know, I better say something or my brother's going to get it. Right. <laughs> And there was just silence on the phone. And I thought, oh, I've, I've screwed up. Yeah, that was a bad move. And he says, son, I'm terribly sorry. And I said, what? He said, I, d- I didn't know that you wanted that. I sold that gun because I wanted to buy two other guns. Oh. And I actually got three guns out of it. of course, my heart now just broke. And it, I felt better that he. it would have been worse if he'd said, I'm sorry, I already promised your brother. Right. <laughs> so at least none of us got it. Uh, But at this point, those things bring stupid money if you're buying the old ones. It's it's incredible. So I'm very grateful they're building the new ones, and it is on my list. I will buy one. The unfortunate thing is right now they're wrestling with California to get it approved by California so they can get it on the list. So I'm kind of stuck until then. That was going
2: to be one of my next questions. Is it going to make the list?
1: According to the guy at Colt, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. They're just – because revolvers – the deal with them is once they pay to get it on the list, they want to make sure it's the final product. They're not going to change some internal piece. Because if they change any internal piece, now they've got to go through the whole expensive process with California again. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit. But as soon as they come in, I'm going to buy one.
3: Yeah, they said a couple of years. They said that uh, if they change a sp- who manufactures a spring, if they go from a-, a vendor manufacturing a screw to manufacturing the screw in-house, that requires new certification with California. That's crazy. So and how
1: many thousands of dollars? I forget what he $5, told. Five thousand
3: dollars a piece, as I recall. Five grand. Yeah, there you go. So uh, and so if
2: it's a, and if it's a different barrel length, it's another submission. Right. So right. What's Anything on? change. Were, if it's, it's six inches as opposed to
1: four and a quarter or whatever,
0: they right. had, it doesn't matter. Yeah. California really loves to make it easy, don't they?
2: Well, a lot of this... Hey, I th- guys, i got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. I, 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 I don't know, want to get started. Oh <laughs> I'm having a pretty good day so far. Let's all get that going. Right, right. There it, right. it is. Poor Sam
1: Baranis has got to come up talk to us. We'll talk to him about that. It was great to see you. Richard, it was good to see you. You Have bet. a wonderful yes, day. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you again very much for listening and for all of your support. I'm really grateful for what you do. If you'd like to hear the rest of the podcast, those are on Patreon only. You can sign up for Patreon by following the link in the description or just going to Patreon and searching for Gun Guy TV. And once you're there, then you'll get exclusive access to content that you can't find anywhere else. One of those things is the second half of this podcast. So if you're listening on Patreon, hang with me. We'll start the next part of the podcast here in just a minute. If you're listening on your favorite podcast player or to the public version, thank you very much for all of your support. Have a wonderful week, and please be safe. <laughs>
3: You've been listening
2: to the Gun Guy TV podcast.